And I'd like to begin by paying homage to the Buddha. Namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhassa Namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhassa Namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhassa So there's been a, 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 little, a little teaching of the Buddha that's been up for me a lot today, been popping into my mind a lot, and it's the, the teaching on, um, you know, if you think you're better than others, or if you think you're worse than others, or if you think you're equal to others, all of those are missing the point, they're all a wrong understanding. And I remember when I first heard that, I, I, it was it kind of blew my mind a little bit. It's kind of blowing it a bit more at the moment. But back then, um, there was this sense I, I'd, I'd learned that you know, if you think you're better than others, that's not that's really kind of off. But if you think you're worse than others, it's kind of noble, and equal to others is okay, you know. Also, so that's that's what I learned. And then the Buddha saying, "Oh no, if you think you're better than, worse than, or equal to, is all." It's all uh, a misunderstanding. It's all a, a wrong view. And so uh, that was like, wow. So actually sort of thinking, maybe it's a very British thing, I don't know, but thinking that you're worse than somebody isn't a virtue, even though I sort of had learnt it was. And uh, so there's that side of it where you have to, you have to um, kind of, take responsibility for yourself actually you know not think oh you know they're really good at that and I'm not and you know not it, you can't you can't kind of get away with being a, a defective person you have to kind of rise up and and then of course the the conceit that we're better than which I'm sure everyone has experienced at some point in your life if not frequently you know sometimes we think we're better than others and look down on others and and that's uh, a misunderstanding it's a, it's um you know we're, we're creating a strong separate self that's believes itself to be better than others and then if we think we're equal to this is the really kind of curious one interesting one and we think we're equal to others that's also kind of missing the point so you'd think that that was a very okay thing to think that you're equal to others you know oh we're all equal and i certainly have a strong sense of you know our humanness how we are all so similar in our humanness even though each of us are very very unique in the way we show up in the world we are all you know we're all basically operating under the same laws of being a human being, bodily, emotionally, um, chronologically, in a way. So we're all sort of operating under the same, same uh, yeah, laws. I think is true. It's the right word. Dhammas. If we are, you know, we're born. We go through it. We go through changes. 
we can get sick and get well and and at some point we're going to die all of us we probably all experience greed we probably all, ex all experience aversion we probably all have a bit of delusion still present so it's a shared experience even though it's unique in the way it shows up in each of us it's still it's kind of it is what it is and uh, well there's many aspects actually to being a human being that's that's that are shared so on some level we are all equal and, and part of each other and and yet the Buddha is saying, you know, to, to think I'm equal to others is a, is a misunderstanding. So um, I could, I, you know, when I first heard this teaching, I could kind of get on quite well with the thinking you're better than and thinking you're worse than, but thinking you're equal to is always like a bit mind-blowing because it's sort of, you know, he's pointing to any kind of comparison, any kind of like me versus you is a, a miss understanding of the truth of the way things are so this is something really interesting to contemplate and um, it's kind of a, a, an exploration for me at the moment and I think probably being in this situation with my mother you know coming in a, in a very 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 slowly very very gradually coming to the end of her life and being able to be here with her part of that you know, it's like my mother, one's mother has always been there. For me anyway, my mother's, you know, I don't know a time as as this person, I don't know a time when my mother wasn't wasn't in existence. She was there before I came on the scene. And now she's coming to an end. As I understand my mother, as I know her, is coming to an end. And maybe that uh, that's process and that it's very slow very gradual is um, sort of inviting a certain um, shift of awareness or something like that for me <laughs> and um, so what keeps what keeps arising for me is this sense of uh, we are all you know because we are all part of each other it's not new it's not like a new thing, but we are all part of the same process in a way. And, you know, if I intentionally do harm, then this is, it's not just, it's not just about me and my, the harm that I do, but it, it affects everything. Everything is affected by that. It's like everything is pulled out of, out of shape by my, intentionally doing harm and likewise if I intentionally do good then there's a, a flow there's a bit that feels the way it feels to me is that then intentionally doing something good something beneficial generous kind it is uh, attuned to the flow of reality of how things not to speak about because of course there's so much harm and there's so much uh, violence and greed and, and uh, confusion and delusion in the world so what keeps uh, revealing itself to me is, is like oh yes that's what happens when we believe ourselves to be 
better than, worse than, equal to, separate, individual, real, me, mine, then we start to operate in a, different, in a way that isn't really attuned to reality. And so we start hoarding, you know, hoarding, uh, could be, you know, food or objects, clothing or money or power, you know, people hoard all kinds of things. Land. There can be this sort of greed of wanting more and more and more. And that comes from a basic delusion, thinking that one is a separate somebody who can have something and have everything and then also this this uh, thing of which is very normal throwing things away getting rid of stuff you know it's uh, and there was a time when we we didn't throw things away everything went somewhere everything was you know either either rotted away or was composted or was recycled or was reused repurposed and uh, back in the long, you know, my grandmother's time, perhaps, or perhaps great grandmother, or maybe great great grandmother, I'm not sure. But some time ago, that was a normal thing. Everything kind of, you could see the, the, the cycle of everything, and there was nothing sort of left over. And now, you know, obviously, we have so many plastics and uh, you know, mass produced stuff that we we get we buy something and then we use it and then we throw something away and it goes away but of course you know there is no way there is no you know it's, it's all on this planet it's all and we don't see it for a while doesn't you know we don't we don't think it's going to influence us for some time and then sooner or later it comes back in some way whether it's pollution or whether it's the People who are processing that stuff aren't going to process it anymore, and then we're kind of stuck with it, and we don't know what to do. But this idea that we can sort of have the bits we want and, and just uh, avoid the bits we don't want—it it isn't aligned with reality. So, what's coming for me more and more is just a sense of a of a. I don't know, really five words, but a universality or something like that, of which we are all part. We are all arising within the same universality. And the, you know, how we arise influences each other. You know, what we do with our body, speech, and mind affects our own experience, but it also directly affects everything else. And the more one opens to that, the more it's, you know, because we can get, even with our practice, you can get like me and my practice, and, you know, I'm doing really well now, and I'm getting this experience and that experience, and, you know, it can even like, wow, I've got to this level, and it's like, oh, I'm really doing well, you know. In some ways, it's good, it's good to, to appreciate one's practice in that way, but really, as we awaken on the path, it's not about, getting better i mean we have a, a for, for a while it is we kind of need to kind of pull ourselves out of the mud you know but at a certain point it's not about getting better or being a better you know being a, a better person or the best practitioner or the best teacher or the best student or whatever 
It's about letting go of the me and mine story. And it's about aligning more fully with reality, which is interconnected. And the more we understand, the more we directly experience that interconnectedness, you know, the more it's kind of obvious. We don't want to cause harm within that. Why would we want to cause harm to that which we are part of? We want to become more attuned, more aligned, more in the flow of everything. So it's uh, stages in a way, you know, at first we, we start from a very separate, most people start the practice from a sense, a very strong sense of separate self. And it's often that strong sense of separate self that is the suffering that we're trying to find our way out of. And then gradually we find that, you know, when, we're, when we change our bad habits and we're doing some more wholesome things, you know, we've probably got a few bad habits, but not too bad, you know, and we've got a lot more wholesome ones going on and, and there's more sense of well-being, more, more happiness. And then maybe people like us a bit better and not so lonely maybe or not so isolated and and um, and there's a sense, uh, you know, just, just the act of giving and you know, whether giving time or giving patience or giving materially, it all, it all helps to break down the self and other experience that uh, sense of separation and isolation and maybe you know we love our family but then we you know in our immediate community and then in the dharma for many people it our community starts to get quite different and then we start to find ourselves hanging out with people we we maybe would never have spoken to before or never would have met before and uh wouldn't probably have had a conversation with, but now we, we, we find that they're part of our life. And so we, our community starts to get broader and we have to get broader to accommodate that. And there's a gradual um, expansion or breaking down of the edges of our sense of me and my world. And this needs to keep going. We don't want to get to a point where it's like, no, this is my, you know, as soon as, we, as soon as we're doing that, this is my group, this is what I am. It's like, it's okay, but it's just very, very limiting. It's holding to a view, it's holding to one, one little way of seeing things. And uh, the Buddha is pointing to something much greater and more interconnected into being than that. So it's just uh, becoming more clear to me, you know, whether how our thoughts, intentions, and let's say intentions and speech and action, you know, they're, they're, of course, the Buddha so clearly points to the importance of um, attuning our intentions and speech and action with the Dharma. And it just becomes more and more clear to me the times when, you know, when I'm, um, and my heart is small and contracted and unable to respond in a generous way or a patient way. It's 
you know, it's not just kind of unpleasant for me and for whoever I'm interacting with, but it's it's kind of going in the wrong direction. So of course we don't want to, you know, we, we've got to work from where we are. I don't want to start then getting getting uh, critical, oh, like yeah, small-hearted and just so useless. You know, we don't want to go that direction. That's not that's not generous either. But it's more about exploring. Well, what you know, what if I don't respond in that habitual way? And I just take a breath and make a bit more space in my heart and just let go of that, you know, contraction, that annoyance or that um, resentment or greed, fear, whatever it might be. What if I just take a breath and make room and don't follow that old habit that makes me so separate, solid, other than. So there was a, a little quote I came across some time ago. Uh, with um, I don't know if you're familiar with the great saint, great Indian saint, Sri Ramana Maharshi, Ramana Maharshi, who lived in uh, Tamil Nadu in South India. And uh, apparently somebody asked him, you know, how do you deal with others? How does one, you know, how does one deal with others, you know, difficult people, others? And his response was, there are no others. When I read that, I was like, wow, what does that mean? There are no others. And um, the more I contemplate it, the more it starts to un make sense. You know, if you think about the Buddha's um, pointing to dependent origination that we're not, there's no, there are no separate individual things or things arise, you know, things are thinging for a while and then they, they pass away. So behind me there's a curtain, quite old and at one time it was really kind of uh, strong and bright and, and now it's, you know, it's kind of, it's got a bit more to wear in it but it, at some point it won't be a curtain anymore. It's going to break down and fall apart. And so it's in a, in a curtain process at the moment, but it won't always be a curtain. And just like this body is in Nandabodying right now, and it's not always going to be, you know, these, these uh, atoms aren't always going to be in Nandabodying. The four elements aren't always going to come together in this way. So things come together for a while and then they pass away. But they, but even that, you know, think of a separate individual thing. But, it, but we're constantly part of each other. So even just as we sit together now, we are influencing each other. And then we're breathing. And some of you are together in a room, breathing together, sharing breath. And there might be plants in the room that are sharing breath with you or animals that are sharing breath with you. And uh, everything, every living thing is, is sharing breath. And the, you know, the atoms that this body is made of, they've just been going around, they've been going around and around. 
they probably are right now. They're just going around and around. They're not mine. They're just doing this for a while. So there's this, this constant play, and this is what the Buddha is pointing to. There's no, there's no absolute separate something. It's all, everything's influencing everything else. Everything's leaning on everything else. And so, you know, when I reflect on that, and I reflect on that conversation with Sri Ramana Maharshi, who is not a Buddhist, um, there are no others. We are all part of each other. We are all arising like this right now. And how we, you know, what we bring to the moment, what we bring to our own inner experience, how, how fully we can inhabit our own life at any moment, and how much we can welcome and let go of the flow of life is, you know, it's, it's, it's important. You know, and the Buddha also does emphasize the importance of the company that we keep. So, you know, not to keep the company of fools, he says, because <laughs> we're all a little bit foolish, I think. But, you know, not to, um, not to just hang out with people who are going to pull us off track, but to, to be with people who are going to you know, encourage us in the right direction. And, and when I think about that, you know, it could be, it could sound counter to what I'm saying. Well, if we're all part of the same, you know, if we're all arising together, if we're all part of the same, the same process, then it shouldn't matter. We shouldn't be making divisions like that. But I think it's actually opposite. It's, I think because we are all part of the same process, if we put our energy into supporting each other to rise up and supporting each other to, to, to become more aligned with truth you know, and goodness and generosity and clarity, wisdom, compassion, then we're, we're supporting the whole And it may be that you're, you know, you're, you're, you live alone and you, you know, you don't, you're getting on with your practice and you've got an idea of like, I want to get stream entry or become an anagami or whatever it is. And, and it feels very separate. But the, the process of awakening is awakening to the illusion of separate self. So the Buddha speaks about it so much. The body is not self. Feelings are not self. Perception is not self. Mental formation thoughts are not self. Our sense experience is not self. Consciousness is not self. This is profound and then, and, but it's not saying, this is not about denying, oh no, I'm, I'm a Buddhist, so I'm a not-self. I'm a not-self walking around. You know, that's, that's just adding delusion on delusion. But it's more like, okay, where do, where do I begin and end? And how do I, how is my arising uh, influencing this, the whole 
the W. So it's important. It's an important thing to explore, you know, because the, the path, the practice invites us to transform our own heart. You know, and the Buddha's really clear, don't don't try and fix everybody out there. You've got to do the work, you know, you've got to transform your own heart, your own mind, your own body, speech, and mind, your own life. But in doing that, you, you start to transform the whole and get more and more free from this tight, contracted experience of separate self. Can be like that. It can feel tight and contracted. So it's or it can feel large and grandiose. They're both equally mistaken. So it's it's freeing us from that delusion of separation and bringing us more fully into alignment with the reality of our mutual arising, mutually arising, mutually ceasing. So I'm going to end there and I'd like to invite uh, any questions or comments. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.